Chapter One of Godliness. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elaine Conway, England. Godliness by Catherine Booth. Chapter One Repentance. And saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand matthew three two from that time jesus began to preach and to say repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand matthew four seventeen whereupon o king agrippa i was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision but shewed first unto them of damascus and at jerusalem and throughout all the coasts of judea and then to the gentiles that they should repent and turn to god and do works meet for repentance a c t s x x v one nineteen twenty in the mouths of three witnesses john the baptist jesus christ and the apostle paul this word shall be established namely that repentance is an indispensable condition of entering the kingdom of god people generally are all at sea over this subject as though insisting that repentance were an arbitrary arrangement on the part of god i believe god has made human salvation as easy as the almighty infinite mind could make it but there is a necessity in the case that we should repent and turn to god it is just as necessary that my feelings be changed and brought to repentance towards god as it is that the wicked disobedient boy should have his feelings brought back into harmony with his father before he can be forgiven precisely the same laws of mind are brought into action in both cases and there is the same necessity in both if there is any father here who has a prodigal son i ask how is it that you are not reconciled to your son you love him love him intensely probably you are more conscious of your love for him than for any other of your children your heart yearns over him every day you pray for him night and day you dream of him by night your bowels yearn over your son and you say with david absalom absalom my son my son why are you not reconciled why not pat him on the head or stroke his face and say my dear lad i am well pleased with you i love you complacently i give you my approbation why are you always reproving him why are you obliged to hold him at arm's length why can you not live on amical terms with him why can you not have him come in and out and live with you on the same terms as the affectionate obedient daughter oh you say the case is different i cannot it is not i would not but i cannot before that can possibly be the boy's feelings must be changed towards me he is at war with me he has mistaken notions of me he thinks i am hard and cruel and exacting and severe i have done all a father could do but he sees things differently to what they are and has harboured these hard feelings against me until he hates me and will go on in defiance of my will you say it is a necessity that as a wise and righteous father i must insist on a change in him i cannot receive him as a son 
till he comes to my feet he must confess his sin and ask me to forgive him then oh how gladly will my fatherly affection gush out how i should run to meet him and put my arms around his neck but there is a cannot in the case just so it is not that he does not love you sinner it is not that the great benevolent heart of god has not as it were wept tears of blood over you it is not that he would not put his loving arms around you this moment if you would only come to his feet and to confess you were wrong and seek his pardon but otherwise he may not he cannot the laws of his universe are against him doing so the good it may be of millions of immortal beings is involved he dare not and he cannot until there is a change of mind in you you must repent except ye repent ye shall all likewise perish well if repentance be an indispensable condition of salvation let us glance at it for a moment and try to find out what repentance really is and oh how full of confusion the world and the church are upon this subject i say it because i know it by converse with hundreds of people may the holy spirit help us well first repentance is not merely conviction of sin oh if it only were what a different world we should have to-night there are tens of thousands on whose hearts god's spirit has done his office by convincing them of sin i am afraid we should be perfectly alarmed astounded confounded if we had any conception of the multitudes whom god has convinced of sin as he did agrippa and festus oh i could not tell you the numbers of people who in our anxious meetings have grasped my mind my hand and said oh what would i give to feel as i once felt there was a time fifteen or seventeen or twenty years ago and so on when i was so deeply convinced of sin that i could scarcely sleep or eat that i could find no rest but instead of going on till i found peace i got diverted called down and now i feel as hard as a stone i am afraid there are tens of thousands in this condition once convinced of sin there are thousands of others who are convinced now they say yes it is true what the minister says i know i ought to lay down the weapons of my warfare against god i know i ought to cut off this right hand and pluck out this right eye they are convinced of sin but they go no further that is not repentance they live this week as they did last there is no response to the spirit they resist the holy ghost neither is repentance mere sorrow for sin i have seen people weep bitterly and writhe and struggle but yet hug on to their idols and in vain you try to shake from them oh if jesus christ would have saved them with those idols they would have no objection at all if they could have got through the straight gate with this one particular idol they would have gone through long since but to part with that that is another thing such people will weep like your stubborn child when you want him to do something which he does not want to do he will cry and when you apply the rod he will cry harder but he will not yield when he yields he becomes a penitent but until he does he is merely a convicted sinner when god applies the rod of his spirit the rod of his providence the rod of his word sinners will cry and wince and whine 
and make you believe they are praying and want to be saved but all the while they are holding their necks as stiff as iron they will not submit the moment they submit they become true penitents and get saved there is no mistake more common than for people to suppose they are penitents when they are not there are some of you in this condition i know i am afraid you are quite mistaken you are not penitents god is true though every man should be a liar and if you had sought as you say you have and perhaps think you have if you had been sincere and honest with god you would have been saved years ago oh my god the holy spirit help you to come out and be honest that is what god wants that you be honest oh says he why cover ye my altar with tears and bring your vain oblations just be honest i will be honest with you and bless you but while you come before me and weep and profess and bring the halt and the maimed and the blind a curse be upon you he looks at you afar off be honest repentance is not mere sorrow for sin you may be ever so sorry and all the way down to death be hugging on to some forbidden possession as was the young ruler that is not repentance neither is repentance a promise that you will forsake sin in the future oh if it were there would be many penitents here to-night there is scarcely a poor drunkard that does not promise in his own mind or to his poor wife or somebody that he will forsake his cups there is scarcely any kind of a sinner that does not continually promise that he will give up his sin and serve god but he does not do it then what is repentance repentance is simply renouncing sin turning round from darkness to light from the power of satan unto god this is giving up sin in your heart in purpose in intention in desire resolving that you will give up every evil thing and do it now of course this involves sorrow for how will any sane man turn himself round from a given course into another if he does not repent having taken that course it implies also hatred of sin he hates the course he formerly took and turns round from it he is like the prodigal when he sat in the swine-yard amongst the husks and the filth he fully resolved and at last he acts he went and that was the test of his penitence he might have sat resolving and promising till now if he had lived as long but he would never have got the father's kiss the father's welcome if he had not started but he went he left the filth the swine-yard the husks he trampled them under his feet he left the citizen of that country and gave up all his subterfuges and excuses and went to father honestly and said i have sinned which implies a great deal more in his language then than it does in ours now i have sinned against heaven and before thee and then comes the proof of his submission i am no more worthy to be called thy son make me as one of thy hired servants put me in a stable or set me to clean the boots so that i can be in thy family and have thy smile that is repentance jesus christ's own beautiful illustration of true repentance have you done that have you forsaken the accursed thing 
have you cut off that particular thing which the holy spirit has revealed to you is the but the hindrance that keeps you out of the kingdom you know what it is and you will never get saved until you renounce it submission is a test of penitence my child may be willing to do a hundred and fifty other things but if he is not willing to submit on the one point of controversy he is a rebel and remains one until he yields now here is just the difference between a spurious and a real repentance i am afraid we have thousands in our churches who had a spurious repentance they were convinced of sin they were sorry for it they wanted to live a better life to love god in a sort of general way but they skipped over the real point of controversy with god they hid it from their pastor perhaps and from the deacons and from the people who talked with them now i say abraham might have been willing to have given up every other thing that he possessed but if he had not been willing to give up isaac all else would have been useless it is your isaac god wants you have got an isaac just as the young ruler had his possessions you have got something that you are holding on to that the holy spirit says you must let go and you say i can't very well then you must stop outside the kingdom i beseech you do not deceive yourselves by supposing that you repent for you do not but oh my dear friends let me beseech you to repent the apostle says knowing therefore the terror of the lord we persuade men and this is i believe the greatest work of the ministry to do what to persuade men to submit we are constantly talking to thousands of people who know just what god wants of them we cannot bring many of them any new light or new gospel they know all about it they used to tell me that so often that i had longed for a congregation of heathen which i have found since then consequently when they hear the gospel like the publicans and sinners of old they go into the kingdom while such as some of you who are the natural children of the kingdom are shut out because when they hear they receive and submit and obey while you stand outside and hold on to your idols and reason and quibble and reject my dear friends let me persuade you to trample underfoot that idol to tear down that refuge of lies and to come to god honestly and say lord here i am to be a servant to be nothing to do anything to suffer anything i know i shall be happier with thy smile and thy blessing than all these evil things now make me without thee when you come to a full surrender my friends you will get what you have been seeking some of you for years but then another difficulty comes in and people say i have not the power to repent oh yes you have that is a grand mistake you have the power or god would not command it you can repent you can this moment lift up your eyes to heaven and say with a prodigal father i have sinned and i renounce my sin you may not be able to weep god nowhere requires or commands that but you are able this very moment to renounce sin in purpose in resolution in intention mind don't confine the renouncing of a sin with the power of saving yourself from it if you renounce it jesus will come and save you from it like the man with a withered hand jesus intended to heal that man where was the power to come from to heal him from jesus of course the benevolence 
the love that prompted that healing or came from jesus but jesus wanted a condition what was it the response of the man's will and so he said stretch forth thy hand if he had been like some of you he would have said what an unreasonable command you know i cannot do it i cannot some of you say that but i say you can and you will have to do it or you will be lost what did jesus want he wanted that i will lord inside the man the response of his will he wanted him to say yes lord and the moment he said that jesus supplied strength and he stretched it forth and you know what happened don't look forward and say i shall not have strength that is not your matter that is his he will hold you up he is able when you once commit yourself to him now then say i will never mind what you suffer it shall be done he will pour in the oil and balm his glorious blessed presence will do more for you in one hour than all your struggling praying and wrestling have done all these weary years he will lift you up out of the pit you are in the mire now and the more you struggle the more you sink but he will lift you out of it and put your feet on the rock and then you will stand firm stretch out your withered hand whatever it may be say i will lord you have the power and mind you have the obligation which is universal and immediate god now commandeth all men everywhere to repent and to believe the gospel what a tyrant he must be if he commands that and yet he knows you have not the power now do you repent mind the old snare not do you weep the feeling will come after the surrender now do not say i do not feel enough do you feel enough to be willing to forsake your sin that is the point any soul who does not repent enough to forsake his sin is not a penitent at all when you repent enough to forsake your sin that moment your repentance is sincere and you may take hold of jesus with a firm grasp you have a right to appropriate the promise then it is look and live believe on the lord jesus christ and thou shalt be saved will you come to that point now don't begin making an excuse now all men everywhere now oh my friend if you had done that ten years ago you have been accumulating sin condemnation and wrath ever since god commanded you these ten years to repent and believe the gospel and here you are yet how many sermons have you heard invitations rejected how many blessed persuasion and reasoning of the holy spirit have you resisted how much of the grace of god have you received in vain i tremble to think what an accumulated load of abused privilege lost opportunity and wasted influence such people will have to give an account of talk about hell the weight of this will be hell enough you don't seem to think anything of the way you treat god oh people are very much awake to any evil they do to their fellow-men they can much more easily see the sin of ruining or injuring their neighbours than injuring the great god but he says will a man rob god yet ye have robbed me do you not see the awful weight of condemnation that comes upon you for putting off rejecting resisting facilitating halting what he says now 
now he has had a right to every breath you have drawn to all your influence every hour of every day of all your years is it not time you ended that controversy he may do with you as he did with such people once before swear in his wrath that you shall not enter into his rest are you not provoking him as they provoked him oh my friend be persuaded now to repent let your sin go away and come to the feet of jesus for your own sake be persuaded for the peace the joy the power the glory the gladness of living a life of consecration to god and service to your fellow-men yield and most of all for the love he bears you submit a great rough man stricken down said to my husband a few weeks ago when he looked up to the place where other people were being saved mr booth i would not go there for a hundred pounds my husband whispered will you go there for love and after a minute's hesitation the man brushing the great tears away rose up and followed him will you go there for love the love of jesus the great love wherewith he loved you and gave himself for you will you for the great yearning with which your father has been following you all these years for his love's sake will you come go down at his feet and submit the lord help you amen End of chapter one